0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى
1: والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سابقوا إلى
0: مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها السماوات والأرض
1: اعدت للمتقين الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاظمين الغيظة والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه
0: وسلم أنا زعيم ببيت في أعلى الجنة لمن حسن خلقه أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم our suspected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters. While we try to use this opportunity to improve ourselves in Deen, Deen is not confined to Ibadat. While we should be trying our maximum, as we discussed on many occasions, And we discussed yesterday as well that we should be trying to maximize ibadat, maximize the time that we have in nawafil, in tasbihat, in tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, etc. But deen is not confined to ibadat. Ibadat is one very, very fundamental part of deen. There's farz ibadat, then there's the sunnat mu'akkada, There's the the nawafil, all this is part of ibadat, and all this should be done to the best of our ability. But this is one very important branch of deen, one fundamental branch of deen. Apart from this, there are other branches of deen as well, which we have to be keeping ourselves occupied with correctly, correcting those issues in our lives. And improving ourselves in those matters as well and one of the extremely important branches of deen is the branch of akhlaq good character so akhlaq we are very familiar with the word we all use it from time to time we speak about it but how much have we inculcated the correct akhlaq in our lives that is the question this is a topic that is repeatedly discussed, and it is in, it's is in—it's enough, not enough, no matter how much we will discuss it, because this is an ongoing need to improve in our akhlaq. As we discussed on one occasion previously, about a week ago, that this current situation is unprecedented for us, and many people for the first time are finding themselves in this type of situation that for such an extended period they are together under one roof in one space day and night. And not because they wanted to, but because they are forced to continue in this manner. So now this becomes a very testing situation. And in such a testing situation the thing that gets tested most is akhlaq. When a test comes, then the inner side of a person gets tested. So this is the aspect that gets tested in these kind of conditions. When a person is traveling, when a person is in a transaction with somebody, person is dealing, one is now a very small, straightforward transaction. Somebody picked up something, bought it, paid for it and gone. And they ate it and digested it. But there are sometimes bigger transactions. There are ongoing transactions. There are monetary matters that go on for a while where people deal with each other. There are big amounts involved sometimes. So these are testing situations. At that time, the person's manner of dealing becomes apparent. During travel, there are many situations that become quite testing the person's... uh, Comfort of the home is not available. While traveling, there are many challenges. People get very tired. They get fatigued. So now when a person is tired, so now does he become irritable? Does he become short-fused? When a person is tired, now how does he react to situations? Now in in a journey, all these things become very, very apparent. And as a result, the person now, how does he react in these situations this is the thing that tests him so this is what we need to check within ourselves that the akhlaq what is what is the akhlaq that we have developed within ourselves now this situation has become a test a trial and in this test among other things the akhlaq that is getting tested tested what is showing out in us what kind of Experience others are having about us. Like we mentioned just now, that there are situations that become a test for a person. One person among the Tabi'een, somebody came and praised him. So he's talking to him and he's giving him, he is talking to him and praising him on his face. So these were very great people and they always were conscious of akhirat, they were conscious of the accountability in front of Allah. Ta'ala. So they were not just carried away by people's praises, neither were they looking out for the praises of people, and nor did the criticism of people really matter to them. They were actually all the time concerned about their own condition. So in any case, this tabi'i, somebody came and praised him, so he responded and said, Ya Abdullah, O the servant of Allah Ta'ala, why are you praising me? Why are you praising me? And now that person, before he could have said anything, that, well, you are like this and like that, first he asked him immediately, Have you had any experience with me when I was angry? Something provoked my anger and you were on the other side of it, or you provoked the anger, and, and at that time you found me to be very, very tolerant. Did you experience this with me? One is, mashallah, everything is fine, everything is calm, and everybody is very happy, and so on. So mashallah, everything goes very well. But then something angers somebody. And now when something angers somebody, what is the situation at that time? So he's asking him, have you experienced any situation where I got angry, and at that time, you found that despite me getting angry, but I was very tolerant. So wajatani haliman... That person said, La, no, I didn't have this experience. In other words, there wasn't any occasion that I was with you and something happened and you got angry with me, but you were very tolerant. I didn't have that experience. It never happened. There wasn't an occasion where you got angry with me. So I didn't have that experience. So then he said, Okay, second question, Ajarrabtani fi safar, fawajatani husna al Have you accompanied me ever in any journey? And throughout that journey, we went and came back, and you found me to be a person of good akhlaq. Did that happen? Did you accompany me on a journey and experience this with me? So that person said, La, I haven't happened. That hasn't happened with me. I didn't come on any journey with you. So, how you are on a journey, I don't know, because I didn't have that opportunity. So, then, third question. So he said, Ajarrabtani indal amana, wajatani aminan. That where was there an occasion where you had entrusted me with some with something? That trust could be anything. It could have been a monetary trust. It could be the trust of some uh, information. You told me something in trust. Or the trust could be of, or the trust could be of some other form. Whatever it was, and for jagatani aminan, you found me to be trustworthy. You have dealt with me. And in that dealing you found me to be trustworthy. The person said, "La, no, I haven't had this experience because I didn't have any transactions with you. I didn't do any dealings with you. So I didn't have this any, any such occasion to test you out in this matter. So the Stabi'i replies and says, وَيْحَقْ مَا ahadin أَيَّمْدَحَ ma lam لَمْ يُجَرِّبْهُ فِي هَذِي الْأَشْيَاءِ الثَّلَاثًا He says, look, please, then just leave it out. You see, if you don't you haven't had the experience with anybody in these three things, then you don't have any right to praise him. Now he's talking about himself, that you are praising me, but at the same time you are confessing that you haven't experienced any of these three things with me. Neither were you in a situation that you angered me but I was still tolerant. Nor did the situation come where you were with me in a journey and you found me to be very a person of very good character and nor did you have any dealings with me and found me after the dealings that I am trustworthy. So now on what basis are you praising me? Because this is where the test comes out. When there isn't a situation of test, then everything is very fine. One person asked a question. The question is, obviously there is a haram element in the whole thing, and that's a very, very same situation, but the haram element is obvious in it. The person said that before I was married and now this was haram obviously, you see while we were courting there never ever was a problem. And after we got married now obviously this is the halal side of it and then very quickly the problem started. Now one is one is that when there's haram, then shaitan doesn't provoke any problems there. Because haram is carrying on, so why should shaitan provoke any problems there? He is just watching the drama, and he is being very, very uh, elated and overjoyed that he has provoked the haram. That is enough. He doesn't need to provoke any problems there. He wants to see the haram continue. So Obviously, that is a terrible sin, and that draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala and that destroys so much of good in a person's life. So in any case, that is a time obviously that there won't be any provocation from Shaitan in this regard. But now after the person got married, so Shaitan's whole job is to try to break that. Like it is mentioned in one Hadith Sharif, in Mishkat Sharif, this Rewiah comes, that Shaitan puts out his throne on the ocean. Iblis and then he calls the shayatin to come and give a report back so everybody comes and they start giving a report back this person says i made so and so commit this wrong and that person says i made so and so commit that wrong for example somebody i made him miss salah and somebody i made him look at some haram and somebody i made him steal and somebody else each one is giving their own report back and each time iblis says well this is nothing in other words, something to brag about, well fine, no big deal. Until one person comes up, one one shaitan comes up, and he says, I began to create discord between spouses, between husband and wife. I started creating discord. I got one angry, then I made her say something, then I made him reply something, and then I made this escalate, and then I carried on stirring the pot, and I carried on igniting the fire even more so things finally came to a boiling point and eventually I brought it to the point it might have happened over a period of time but he says I kept on stirring this and kept on igniting the problem and kept on escalating the issue until eventually I brought it to a boiling point and then from the boiling point it then then boiled over and I finally brought it to the point where the couple divorced when he says this, Iblis, the big shaitan stands up and he embraces him. That you did something great. Now that is shaitan's full time job. So now, the answer, one answer to that question is obviously while haram was carrying on, so shaitan didn't have to try to commit any problem or provoke any problem there because it's already his objective is getting achieved there. Because so his objective is to destroy people by means of getting them involved in haram. He doesn't want to see anybody progress in any way. way. So if he keeps them involved in haram, their deen is already gone and their dunya also will go because the calamities and hardships come as a result of haram. So shaitan is very happy with that continuing. So why will he come and provoke trouble in there? But then when the person has made toba from the sin, and now he's made nikah. So now shaitan's job is to try and break that. So he will keep provoking problems. He'll keep provoking anger, keep stirring problems, keep causing some issue or the other. So this is when the test really comes. So that is one answer, that is shaitan's job. And then the other part of it, the other answer is, that it is only after nikah, that now the couple have to live together And each one has their own likes and dislikes. Each one has their own preferences. Each one has a different manner of certain things. Somebody likes something, the the temperature must be ice cold, and somebody likes it hot. Somebody likes something in one way, somebody in another way. And they have to learn to live together and compromise and understand how to bypass situations and how to accommodate one another, and how to be tolerant over one another's mistakes, how to be tolerant and forgiving. Now, this is what akhlaq is all about. This tolerance, this forgiveness, this overlooking of faults, not responding in a like manner. When somebody has done something that is irresponsible, somebody has done something which is against the dictates of akhlaq so then, if we also did the same, what good is there in us? When somebody has done something wrong, and we also did something wrong, so those two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, there is leeway if somebody has hurt us in some way, then we are entitled to take revenge in equal measure only, only in equal measure. But if a person adopts that helm, that tolerance, that good akhlaq then this takes him to a very high level. The Hadith the Hadith Sharif, which we recited right at the beginning, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that I am the guarantee, I stand guarantee for the highest place in Jannah. For who? For the person who adopts good akhlaq He beautifies his character. The person who adopts noble character. For that person, I am standing guarantee for the highest place in Jannah. Now, this is what akhlaq is all about. It's not that a person will not get provoked. It's not that a person will not get angered. But that situation where he does get angered, so at that time, the person does not vent the anger. But they restrain the anger, and not just restrain it because, well, i got no option, but restrain it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And have the have the niyat of sawab. They have the niyat of ihtisab. They have the niyat of gaining reward on that. A person is making tahajjud salah. What is the motivating factor? The person is reciting Quran Sharif. What is the motivating factor? The person is making zikr. What is the motivating factor? The person recites so many tatasbihat, askar. So for people like us, one of the most, the biggest motivating factors is the great rewards. And there's no harm in that being the near, because that is the reason why those rewards have been mentioned to us. Every letter of the Quran Sharif a person recites, he gets the 10 rewards and that is the minimum. Allah Taala multiplies how much he wishes for whoever he wishes. So now those rewards motivate us. The person recites Surah Yaseen. Then he gets the reward of 10 khatams khatams of the Quran Sharif. Now that reward motivates us. So there are so many things that we do because we got motivated by the promise of the reward. That this is the promise of Allah Ta'ala which has come to us via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that is a true promise. So that motivates us. So just as we get motivated by means of the reward for doing a'mal, for performing Nawafil Salah, for reciting Quran Sharif, for performing various a'mal. We have discussed several times, the person makes the Ishraq Salah, gets a reward of one accepted Hajj and Umrah. Now we hear this, it creates a zeal in us to try and gain this. Subhanallah, what a great reward. Now the reward motivated us. So when we have this in our heart, alhamdulillah, many have this consciousness that there is so much to gain in these rewards. I should try, I should make an effort, I should aspire to gain it. So why don't we understand the same principle when it comes to adopting good akhlaq? That this adopting of good akhlaq is not gone in vain. No, this has even more reward than all those nawafil. Greater reward than all the nawafil is the reward of good akhlaq. So this ihtisab, this niyat, when the person is restraining his anger, he's not now blurting something, she's not just throwing on tantrum, she's not just doing something silly in that moment of anger, she's not going uh, out of the boundaries. Both sides, whoever, young, old, sometimes parents and children, spouses, family members, siblings, extended families, friends, In the workplace, wherever it is, everywhere, wherever there's an interaction with people, this becomes a test and where there's more interaction and where there's a more closer relationship, then the test becomes more so. So now in these situations the person is being calm, being composed, there are tests that will come but in those tests and situations the person is calm. The person understands good akhlaq what is the meaning of good akhlaq that this is such a great thing. Fuzail bin Ayyaz rahimahullah, he once described the, akhlaq, described the akhlaq of the Anbiya Somebody probably asked him a question so he said min akhlaq among the characteristics of the akhlaq of the Anbiya Now he only mentioned two things because these, these two things are very very comprehensive and these two, and these two things are actually the foundations other things all stand on this. He said, Al-Hilm, wa layl From the akhlaq of the anbiya Ali Musallatu one is tolerance and forbearance. You can make this as one: Tolerance and forbearance, and the other is Qiyamul-Layl, Tahajjud, standing in front of Allah Ta'ala in the dead of night. Now, if a person is punctual on his Tahajjud, can it be expected that he's going to be compromising on his faraiz and wajibat? So This is a very clear thing that the person who has developed things to this point, inshallah he fulfilling the rest of it. And khilm and tolerance, a person who has acquired this tolerance in reality, then other aspects of akhlaq are very easy comparatively. It's not that this is everything, but if this is acquired, then a host of things already included in this. This is the foundation. The rest of it stands on this. A person has this film, then he will not be blurting out things without thinking. The person has film, that person will not be doing things in haste and doing things that we will regret later. The person who has film will not be jealous. Can you imagine, where is the link? Being, having helm having and tolerance I'm not being jealous. Because the person who is jealous is because this lack of tolerance that now I don't have something, why that person has it? So now I need to, now this, this must go away from him. Now there's all this lack of tolerance. But the person who's tolerant, he's no problem. He's got it, Alhamdulillah. Allah talagim barkat in it. The person who has shilm has a lot. This is an, a wealth that cannot be quantified. And in the Quran Sharif, Allah ta'ala describes the Hilm and the tolerance and the forbearance of the Anbiya Alim, wasalam, of Ibrahim Alayhi and Nuh Ali Imagine 1000 years, he is inviting people towards Allah wa Ta'ala, and calling them, and they are responding to him, a wazdujir, Majnun, they're calling him that you are insane, uzubillah, 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 and... But he is not reacting to that. He is calm. These things are only possible for the person who has good akhlaq Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahmatullahi was a very great personality. He was known as Umar es Sani. The second Umar, Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, his justice and his manner of running the state was really proverbial. Shiddiqui Akbar had set the foundation, but he had a very short time, two years and some months, and he was then gone. And then Hazrat Umar took on from there, and he really ruled in an extremely great manner, exemplary. Then time passed, and alhamdulillah things continued, but then there was, after a while, a decline of some sort, to some level. But then came Hazrat Umar ibn Abdul Aziz who then brought alive the memories of the time of Sayyidina Umar. Ta'ala, so now he is that caliber of person. And a very great muhaddis, very great scholar, very great alim. So in any case, one day he, while he is the Khalifa, he is now the Khalifa of the time. And one night he came out Together with him, some guards are with because now he's the Khalifa of the time. Some guards are with him. Now he came into the masjid. The masjid was in darkness. So now while he was walking, one person was sleeping in the masjid. They didn't know that somebody is sleeping here. It's dark. They are walking in the darkness. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz is walking, the others, the guards are around him. So as he was walking, this person who is la- sleeping in the masjid was right in the way somewhere, in the path which they were walking. And as a result, he came and he ended up tripping over this person. So he tripped over this person in the darkness and fell. Now we're talking about the Khalifa of the time, and he trips over this person and falls. So when he fell, now this person also obviously, he was sleeping fast asleep, Now somebody came and sort of, so to say, kicked him, because while walking now, you're going to be walking, so you end up kicking somebody in a way. That's not your intention. You end up kicking the person. And he fell, so he would have probably even slightly ended up falling on that person in a way. So he got hurt maybe. Now in the darkness, he doesn't know who came and who's fallen on me or whatever. So in that moment of anger, because now somebody came and fell over him and hurt him too, so he's asking in that anger, anta? Are you mad? Now who is he addressing? He's addressing the Khalifa of the time. He doesn't know that. It's dark. He doesn't know who came and who fell over me. So now he's asking the person, anta? Are you mad? Now those guards that were there, they immediately wanted to go and sort him out. They were starting to move towards him. So when they started moving towards him, Hazrat Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, Rahimahullah, He says to them, leave him, leave him, leave him. He says that all he... uh, And in any case, when he asked, Amma jnounun anta, that are you mad? Amar ibn Abdulaziz, rahimahullah, immediately responded. He said, no, I'm not mad. But in the meantime, the guards started moving towards him to now. Teach him a lesson now. How can he talk in this way? Amar ibn Abdulaziz, rahimahullah, very calmly stops them. He says, stop. All that happened was that he asked me if I'm mad... And I responded and said, well, I'm not mad. That's it. What more about it? So now why why you want to take any action against him? Now let us digest this. Let us digest this by putting ourselves in a situation. And this is not an uncommon thing. From time to time, this kind of statement, people direct it to others. say, Are you mad? Some might say it in different words. You've gone off your head. Or some might say it in some other way, maybe in some more colorful way. So, do we have that capacity to merely just respond by saying, La, no, or not, I'm not so, and carry on with life like nothing happened? Very few of us have that capacity. Otherwise, what will be the outcome? That person asked, that person asked a question, Are you mad? We'll convince that person that they are mad. So they only ask the question, but we will convince them the other way around. Now this is because we haven't learned what this film is all about. What is this tolerance? Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullah alayhi, very great personality. Very, very great personality, great muhaddis, great mujahid, a great scholar of deen, the imam of hadith of his time, Student of Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. So one day somebody asked him that, "What is good character? Give us this in one word." Now, come, put ourselves in that situation. Somebody is asking us that question. That summarize good character in one word, one statement, just one word, one statement. Now there's so many things about good character. When the bayan of akhlaq starts off in the books of hadith, books of hadith, etc., there's so much of detail to it. And now here the person is being asked to summarize good character in one statement, in one word. So he responds and says, Tarkul Ghadab. Tarkul Ghadab is the same thing that we are discussing, Hilm, Tarkul Ghadab, all more or less the same thing. He says, not getting angry, adopting tolerance, being forbearant. This is the summary of all good akhlaq. All good akhlaq, this is the summary of it. The person who has acquired this, then he has acquired everything. Then he is on the road to progress. So, he summarized it in this manner. Now Umar ibn Abdulaziz rahmatullahi, this was his response. This person asked him jinoonun, Anta, he replied la. and now when the guards want to now go forward and take some action he stops them also. And he says what's the problem with y'all? It's not that those words he didn't use but basically he's saying to them why are you wanting to do anything? The person asked me if I'm mad. I finish answer. I finish give the response and no I'm not mad. That's the way it is. It's over. Nothing further to take any action for. So this was among the very salient features of the akhlaq of the anbiya Ali as Fazil bin Ayaz rahimahullah explained that from the akhlaq of the anbiya musalam al hilm wal-anaat wa qiyamul layl tolerance and forbearance and the other aspect is qiyamul layl standing up in the night in front of allah wa ta'ala so this is a very important part of deen extremely important branch of deen which is often not even considered as a branch of Deen, it is not given due regard, it is not given any kind of uh, importance in our life, it is just like one of those things, life just carries on, how is the person responding to situations, how is conducting himself, how do spouses continue with one another and conduct themselves with one another, parents and children, siblings, people uh, in our extended family, in the neighborhood, and in whichever place and time that we have to interact with somebody, what is the experience they have about us? Like that incident we spoke about, the tabi'i, that it is in the interaction that really things come out. When somebody has done something, said something, that creates some kind of irritability, creates some, it provokes us, it stirs our anger, how do we then conduct ourselves? We are on a journey, how do we conduct ourselves? Somebody is dealing with us, that will bring out the reality in us. So these are the things that we need to work on. They are not things that will just come right on their own. One is to accept that I have weaknesses. All we can ex- all we can accept is I am not perfect. That is generally the maximum that we we'll accept about ourselves. I am not perfect. So perfect means 100 out of 100. That's what perfect is. So now basically nobody in the world the Ali Musalatu salatu were 100 out of 100 and, and much more than that too perfectness to the peak and then the sahaba ikram were on a very very high level after the Ambiyari Musalatu salatu and then the pious people of the ummad on a very high level as well but there's nobody perfect like the Ambiyari Musalatu salatu so everybody else mashallah on a very very high level so then the rest of us, we don't fall anywhere close to those calibres. So the rest of the world is also somebody is maybe very, very good. So somebody is 85%, 90%, 95%. So I'm not perfect also. They're also not perfect. So basically me and them, we are all more or less on the same level because I'm not perfect. That's, what, that's the maximum that I will acknowledge about myself, that I'm not perfect. But I have false in me that's also not so easily acknowledged that I have faults. And I have many faults. That is a far one. At the most we say one of my faults. or One fault I have in me. That's also a way of sometimes explaining, things, sometimes explaining things. One fault that I have. As if I only have one fault. Rather that should be said one of my many many faults. It's perhaps not intended in that way when a person says it. My one fault is. It's not intended to say that I don't have any other fault. But the way of expression also is important. We should express it in a way that we feel, we understand our reality. That one of my many, many faults, So sometimes we do talk about some weakness of ours to somebody, but that it should be expressed in the right way. One of my many, many faults is this. So, that many, many faults we have don't come right on their own. The weeds in the garden don't become roses on their own. Those weeds don't become roses at all. They block the space for roses to grow. Those weeds will have to be uprooted and thrown out. And when the weeds are thrown out, it now creates space for the roses, for the flowers, for the lush lawn to grow. But if those weeds are not uprooted, then that doesn't happen. And those weeds don't get uprooted on their own. Generally, It's not even just anybody that will uproot it. The gardener will come and uproot it. He knows how to take it out correctly. Somebody else might just snip it on the top and think it's gone. Meanwhile, the roots are still there. But the gardener who is experienced in that field, he knows how to uproot it in a way that doesn't leave anything, so that the roots don't remain behind. So, the lesson in this is we will have to take guidance from somebody to help us uproot these things. But he's not going to be able to guess what lies within us and what we need to uproot. What kind of issues need to be sorted out. It's a person who will have to express the problems. I have this anger issue. I have this problem, that problem. And how do I overcome it? What should I do? And then be wholeheartedly accepting whatever the prescription is. And then apply the prescription diligently. And if you falter again, then we again take it up. that this is what has happened. How do I go about uh, correcting this, rectifying it? Allah Ta'ala loves this. Allah Ta'ala loves this process that a person sincerely and honestly makes the effort to correct and rectify the weaknesses within one. Allah Ta'ala loves this. That this is my banda who is trying. Yes, he has his weaknesses, she has her weaknesses. Nobody is saying that they are perfect, neither are they saying that they don't have faults, but they are making an effort to correct themselves. And they are adopting the process in a sincere manner, adopting the process honestly, transparently, with whoever they're taking the advice from. And in this way, they are trying the best to implement the prescriptions. This is the process of islah. And Allah Ta'ala loves those who make that effort to get closer to Him to purify themselves. Aflah <laughs> أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا qad khaba man Allah says the one who has purified his nafs, he has succeeded. So this is what we have to make an effort for, to purify, to purify ourselves, to rectify our faults, to bring all these beautiful characteristics of good akhlaq in our lives, this tolerance, this forbearance, and all the other aspects of good akhlaq. May Allah wa ta'ala bless us to become true believers in every sense of the word, to inculcate the good akhlaq also in our lives to inculcate the ibadat, the muamalat, the muasharat and obviously the foundation of everything is the iman that we keep making an effort to strengthen our iman and correct our iman Allah wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana. anil hamdulillahi
1: لا اله الا الله محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه واصحابه وبارك
0: وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم Allah
1: Sallallahu the law, Nainaha in the law, Nainaha Inna la na inna ha, inna la na inna ha, inna la na inna inna la na inna inna la na inna inna la na inna na I no, love no, no. رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم
0: اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا ربي صلِّ وسلِّم دائماً أبداً على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا الا غفرته ولا همماً الا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا اكرم الاكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا ارحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا واخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طَاقَةَ لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اله الا يا الله اللهم oh, Most الموس Most موس Allah. مسلمين الله اله الا العالمين forgive us ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah it is due to our sun ya allah the whole is ya allah Ilahul Allah forgive us and forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ilahul grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those Amal that bring down Rahmat ya Allah Allah enable each one to turn to you in earnestness ya Allah Enable each one to make sincere Tawbah ya Allah Enable each one to engage in Istighfar ya Allah Allah first and foremost we are most in need of the Tawbah ya Allah Allah we are most in need of this Istighfar ya Allah Grant us the tawfiq, ya Allah Grant us the tawfiq of tawbah and Nasuh ya Allah Enable us to repent with all sincerity, Allah. Ilahul <inaudible> cleanse our hearts out, Allah. Purify us of all the sins and faults, ya Allah. Purify us from all the evils that we have done, ya Allah. Ilahul from head to toe we are covered up in sin, ya Allah. Ilahul forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Us, Allah. Us, Allah. And all these are your bounties and blessings, ya Allah. Ilahul we've used your bounties and blessings to disobey you, ya Allah. Ilahul ya Allah, if a father has to see his son, Ya Allah, driving that car that he has given him as a gift, and he's driving it recklessly, the father becomes extremely upset. The mother gives the child something, and the mother sees the child using it wrongly, she becomes extremely upset, and she reminds the child, I gave you this as a gift, and this is how you are abusing it, misusing it. And if that has to be used against the parent themselves, then that would be a disaster of, Ya Allah, such a disaster that we cannot imagine. Allah, whereas those things we give to our children, those things we give to somebody else those two are things that You blessed us with ya yeah Allah. We are giving other people gifts that You gave us ya yeah Allah. You blessed us with our lungs ya yeah Allah. You blessed us with our eyes ya yeah Allah. You blessed us with our tongue ya yeah Allah. You blessed us with our ears ya yeah Allah. You granted us the hands and feet ya yeah Allah. You blessed us with that heart ya yeah Allah. And all Your gifts and bounties ya yeah Allah. And we use it to disobey You ya yeah Allah. We used it to break Your commands ya yeah Allah. Allah Alameen, forgive this great ingratitude, Ya Allah. Forgive the zulm that we commit to the point of ourselves, Ya Allah. Allah Alameen, the shamelessness forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the shamelessness, Ya Allah. Lestness, Ya Allah. Allah Ya Allah, that hands that Ya Allah, you granted us Ya Allah. Those fingers you granted us Ya Allah. Those joints in those fingers you granted us Ya Allah. If you stiffened those joints up Ya Allah, those joints won't, those fingers won't be able to bend Ya Allah. Will they ever be able to then text any haram message You granted us these joints as a ni'mat to us, Ya Allah. 'allah. How much we've abused it, Ya Allah. To press buttons towards haram, Ya Allah. Allah, All these limbs and organs you gave us, Ya Allah. All this is purely your ihsad, Ya Allah. This is your gift, Ya Allah but we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. We have been trampling your commands with your feet, Ya Allah, that you gave us, Ya Allah. The ni'mat of feet that you blessed us with, Ya Allah. We've been trampling your commands with it, Ya Allah. forgive this terrible injustice that we have done, Ya Allah. Forgive this great ingratitude of ours, Ya Allah. it is this injustice, Ya Allah, it is this ingratitude that has brought down azab Ya Allah, that we are suffering, Ya Allah. Others are suffering because of us, ya Allah. Even the animals end up suffering because of us, ya Allah. alamin, forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, ya Allah. Make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Allah, remove us from the light of this, from the side of disobedience, Ya Allah. Take us out from the side of shaitan, Ya Allah. Bring us on the side of Rahman, Ya Allah. Bring us onto your side, Ya Allah. Ilahul make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Grant us the true nisbat, Ya Allah. Grant us that link and taluk with yourselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. For too long we have continued in this life of sin, Ya Allah. The only thing we achieved out of it was misery, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Take us out of this misery, Ya Allah. Take us out of this evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah you make us among your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us among your truthful servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah grant us the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah. Allah bless us with his beautiful akhlaq, ya Allah. Allah bless us with his beautiful akhlaq, ya Allah. Allah, he went through so much in order to give us the beautiful example, ya Allah. So much of sacrifices he made, ya Allah.